Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. It is Mailbag Monday on a Tuesday. Lots of great questions submitted via Twitter, via Discord. Not so many via email. But hey, we appreciate all of them, and we're going to do our best to get all of them knocked out today, as well as some of your questions in the comments section. So if you've got one, knock it out in the comments there of the YouTube, and we'll do our best to address it. While you're there, smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Podcast listeners, make sure you are subscribed, following whatever on your favorite podcast app, and take 30 seconds to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be really, really helpful we would appreciate that. And one last thing, the Bears had their first game Sunday, which means we have our first CHGO tailgate on Sunday. If you'd like to attend, go to allchgo.com, click on the events tab for all the information there. As always, diehard save on the tailgate. So check it out. Join us downtown right before the Bears and Packers kick off the 2023-24 NFL season. It's going to be great fun and nice filler until hockey starts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah football is that nice bridge between <laughs> summer and hockey season. For, it's like Madden. Yeah. I play Madden for a month and then NHL comes out and I say, thank you, Madden, for your service. <laughs> Steve, and from, I don't play it again until the draft. Yeah. Steve from Cicero must have been on vacation for Labor Day weekend. <laughs> he, we get any emails? he was. He didn't have yeah, any good know, questions. Out of town? <laughs> I guess so. It was a busy weekend. He was morning Jimmy Buffett. All weekend with uh, margaritas and cheeseburgers, as he does pretty much every weekend every, anyway. Any weekend, yeah. Right? yeah, cheeseburgers a, and margaritas. It's a pretty typical yeah, weekend for Steve from Cicero. <laughs> anyway, let's get right to them. Uh, we're going to start, as we always do, with our questions from the Discord. Again, members-only Discord, so you got to be a diehard to get in there. But diehards get priority everywhere, including Mailbag Monday. So let's uh, fire it up, Joey. What do we got here first? Will there be a riot if Kane goes to those Red Wings? My vote is yes. <laughs> Shout out to Mick Baconator. Bacon. It's, it's fitting that this is the first question of the show. Yeah. And if you missed it over the weekend, John Dietz reported. I don't know if he reported it, but he said, hey, don't be surprised if Patrick Kane maybe signs with the Red Wings because of his connection to Alex DeBrinkett, because of their salary cap situation, yada, yada, yada. I heard that somewhere before. I did hear that somewhere before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard it from the same voice that once told me the Boston Bruins were frauds. Yeah. Same, same I heard a familiar voice yeah. too. Um, yeah. I mean, it's easy to connect those dots. Yeah. Those, those are, those are some dots that, uh, that could be connected. Detroit's trying to go all in again. Um is, you know, pairing Debrinket with Kane uh, worked really well for the Blackhawks for a while. So, you know, that, that connection could be out there. Detroit is a team that has cap space. And Patrick Kane uh, recently talked with uh, the AP and said that, you know, could he be ready by the start of the season uh, after having a hip resurfacing? Uh, yeah, he could be. But he's taking his time. He's wanting to come back, be 110% rather than 90% in October, be 110% in November, December, and... Um, see how the league pans out, you know, see what teams look like contenders and which don't. Um, it doesn't uh, do him any just any, any service to, you know, sign with the team this summer um, just to have them flop. You know, if he were to sign with, let's say Buffalo and they end up flopping, he's kind of stuck there or depending on how they, you know, work that contract or he could wait till 
late November, December. Some teams look like the real deal. Some teams, potentially the Red Wings, look like the real deal, have cap space. And he says, yeah, this looks like a place I'd like to go. And as far as rioting, uh, I'm not going to be uh, grabbing my pitchfork if he goes to Detroit because it doesn't feel the same intensity of a rivalry as it did over a decade ago. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's really and, not a rivalry anymore. And it's not frankly. Patrick Kane in his prime. Right. It's not Hart Trophy winning Patrick Kane leaving the Blackhawks to go to the Red Wings. We've already moved on. And we got Connor Bedard to ease that pain too. To right. Like, and I don't really care. I don't hate the Red I mean, I don't hate the Red Wings like I used to. Because it's more of a fun, like, oh, I really hope we beat them when they come to town. Sure, like, it's a those, fun. Those two games a year we see them. And there's no like, venom. No. And. If he goes there, cool. Like, all right, we tried to reunite with Artemi Panarin. That didn't work. Let's reunite with Alex Dabrinka and see if that works. It'd be a nice addition for Detroit, but doesn't solve their problems. No. The biggest reason they missed the playoffs last year was lack of goaltending and lack of defense. And Patrick Kane doesn't help out with either of those. He may get you a few more goals, so you lose 6-5 to five instead of 6-4. to four. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad. Well, I, I mean, I don't... I don't Guys, I don't care where Patrick Kane plays anymore. Yeah. He's not here. He, I've moved on. It's time for the rest of us to move on. It, I, will it look weird? Sure. But yeah. It's not, I don't care. It's, and it's also not the same as like Chris Chelios getting traded to Detroit in the middle of their heyday right. when he still had plenty of hockey left and he wanted to be here and like all, and all those factors. It's different. Detroit has not really been relevant for a while despite what everybody wants you to believe, because Steve Eiserman's there, so, oh, God, everybody bow down, right? Like, I, I just, I can't muster anger for really anywhere Patrick Kane ends up. No. I, do I want him in Detroit versus Buffalo or re- Florida or whatever? Colorado. No, I would prefer not to see him on a team that I consider a rival, but right. it, I've moved on from Patrick Kane. I think a lot of people have, and... and not saying like we're forgetting what he accomplished here. Of course not. Like that will never be forgotten. He's the second greatest hawk of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think emotionally, I can't work up the anger of like they couldn't let that happen, and then all of a sudden we mad at Kyle Davidson. Why? Right. All along the way, we agreed with the decision to move on. I can't now change because he's with a team I don't the, care for. The the hatred for that potential. Uh, would be low, but the weirdness of seeing him play for the Red Wings, uh, given even take, taking the, the rivalry hatred aspect out of it, just seeing him play for the Blackhawks for the majority of what will be his career, have that success, and then to see him suit up for the Red Wings will just be weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was weird seeing him like with the Rangers, but that was like, all right, it's the Rangers. Like, do we really do? Is there any Blackhawks animosity to the Rangers? No, well, Greg besides, besides yeah. Greg. Well, it's just because they're in New York. And <laughs> screw anything that's in New York. So yeah, seeing like a Rangers '88 Kane jersey was weird, but it would, like take that and multiply it times a hundred if you were to see a Kane '88 Red Wings jersey. Like that would be really it's weird. weird. It's weird for sure. Yeah, but I just I'm you know. But you could get over it. Right? I don't. I don't know. I feel like most Hawks fans get why they moved on. They don't all agree. We know. We hear from them all the time. But um, again, if if Detroit was on the on the verge of a cup, or if the Hawks and Wings were like potential cup final contenders, 
Yeah. You might feel a little worse about it because, oh, God, now Patrick Kane has a potential to knock the Hawks out. Right. It's just not – it really has no impact whatsoever. No. Pretty much the same impact that when Alex Debrinkit signed there. It's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not, the Red Wings are not our problem right now. Like, they, 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 we play them twice a year in a regular season. The only way we're ever going to play them in the playoffs is in a Stanley Cup final, and that's not happening anytime soon. No. If both teams I'd are on that trajectory, by the time they meet there, Patrick Kane's going to not be a part of it. And I fully expect Kane to sign a, a, a deal just through the end of the season. Like a one I year? don't see him going long-term with Detroit. Maybe I two. I don't see anybody giving him more than one. Right. They want to see what he's right, got. Yeah. And he's wanna, he, he was going to want to prove himself, you wanna, too. You want to make the commitments after you see what he, what he can do. Right. So, yeah, makes sense. All right, what do we got next, Joey? All right, uh, we could skip this if you guys feel like you addressed it, but I just thought we would stay maybe on this topic for another second. Flows here. The event the Red Wings do sign Patrick Kane while having both Kane and Debrinket serve to prove Kyle Davidson right about moving on from both players. Well, that's, no, that's a different question. That's a different aspect of it. If uh, Debrinket and Kane land in, in Detroit and they both stink, what is, I mean, does that make Davidson look better or... Because DeBrincat was coming from Ottawa, Kane was coming at, from a free agent perspective from New York. Does it really matter anymore? Because they're they're now a full team removed from being with the Blackhawks. I don't know. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the question, but I don't think you can retroactively evaluate Kyle Davidson's decision based on where those guys decided to play. Yeah, right. How can it you? Doesn't mean anything. Well, He's got no control over that. Instead of well, no, I'm, I guess the question is: instead of holding on to Debrinket and holding on to Kane for like say, oh no, these guys are going to be around for the whole rebuild and they're going to be part of us being back to you know to prominence. He let them go, and then if they stink, if they're in, both in Detroit, oh. two years removed, does it make Davidson look better to have the foresight to say, yeah, hey, we wanted to move on from these guys anyways? But having Connor Bedard. Proves he was right. <laughs> Nothing helps. to do with where those guys are playing. Because sure, if sure. he yeah. kept those, we wouldn't have Connor Bedard. Well, I think too, like he right. saw. I think Ottawa last year kind of proved Kyle Davidson right about Debrinket, and, and that he's not a guy you should pay nine million dollars. He's not the kind of guy that on his own can drive a ton of offense or be the guy. Mm-hmm. He needs that complementary piece. And let's. I, I'm not. I don't want to. It sounds like I'm denigrating Alex Dabrinkit. Alex Dabrinkit is a really good player. He could be the second or third best player on a championship team. I fully believe that, but he's not the guy. And Kyle Davidson knew that the Hawks were going to bring him back. They were going to have to pay him the guy kind of money. And that is savvy general managing. And sometimes savvy general managing takes some painful decisions. And saying, look, we love Alex Dabrinkit. But our evaluation says that he is not a Matthews, Dreisaitl, McDavid type, or even like a second-tier type. He's probably in that third-tier player, which is yeah. not a bad thing. He's still great. He's still an all-star. But he's just not worth what he's going to command here. And I think he sort of learned that lesson. And there just wasn't the demand for him that everybody thought there was going to be. Is it a Brinkett? on the same level of like a Jamnov or an Amante? He's better. I would say... Uh, I would say he's on an Amante level. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Better than Jamnoff, but a different 
type of player. Yeah, hard to compare that. But yeah, I think Tony Amante is just '90s Alex Debrinket. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> or like you know, that's a fair, no. different kind of player. But like Brandon Saad. Saad is a really nice piece Alex, to a really good Alex team. Alex Debrinket could yeah. be your Patrick Sharp. Yes. Yeah. You're, Which is great, right? You need those guys <laughs> of to course. win. But is he is he's not the cornerstone, elite franchise yes. guys. He's that complementary piece to that elite franchise and, guy. And you have to be that careful. That makes both sides better. Just speaking generally, you have to be careful how you pay those guys, mm. right? Yeah. And there is no scenario in which he was coming back to Chicago for less than nine, eight and a half. That's and I think it it's like, it's yeah. painful and it sucks, but. They had to make the right decision. I think so far it shows that they have. Now, if he goes and scores 50 goals and gets 110 points or something, like, okay. Maybe you yeah. reevaluate it a little bit, but, but still. Maybe, it's, but maybe Ottawa goals. was the problem. Yeah, but 50 goals, 110 points on the Blackhawks last year is counterproductive. Right. It doesn't serve what you were trying to accomplish. Right, Or right. 50 goals on 110 points on this year's Blackhawks. It's wasted in rebuild years. So you got what you, <laughs> you got for him, you know, when his value was the highest <laughs> and when it made the most sense. Yeah. Zach has a video game uh, analogy. Debrinkit is a side quest for gold. Kane is a main story quest that rewards a weapon. There okay. you go. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. That's Zach. great. I, I like that. it. I don't fully understand that, but I, I'll roll with it. You got you to play more uh, RPG games. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not me. And uh, Change the Logo says, I think there was demand for Cap, but he wasn't going to sign long-term. Anywhere but Detroit. Eh. Eh. I mean, clearly that's where he wanted to be. Yeah, if from Michigan. Has but if to Detroit's like, no, team. we're not interested, he wasn't just going to do or, another one-year deal until they are. Or right, if Nashville right. or any other team was like, we'll give you eight years, $10 million, he would have been like, screw yeah. you, Red Wings. <laughs> right, I'm going yeah, for the extra exactly. year, extra $2 million per. For right. the record, that's the place I don't want to see Kane, Nashville. I don't think they'd let him in. More on yeah. them later. That would be... Yeah, that'd be weird. I don't think that he wants to go there. That'd be a waste of yeah. talent. I just want to see anyone go to Nashville ever. Except sucky guys. No one goes to Nashville. Except sucky guys. <laughs> All the sucky guys can go there. Yeah. All right, Joey, who's next? All right, here we go. Another Discord question here. When is your prediction for the next time Chicago participates in the Winter Classic? And if mm. they are the host, where would you pick? Wrigley, Comiskey, Soldier Field, Comiskey. somewhere else? Soon. I would think, yeah, would within think, the next three or four years. I would think in the next three years. Maybe maybe because they have this year's plan. Do they have next year's planned? If they do, there's not. Don't they usually announce, they announce the usually next announce, one at the yeah. – Or around that time. And you yeah. kind of get whispers of it right before. Yeah. yeah. I would think in the next – so by, not this year, but probably in the next by two seasons. They'll yeah. Have one. yeah. That, and that would be the – that would 2026 would be – the 15th anniversary of the Wrigley one. It would be. Maybe they do it for the 100th anniversary. You get, because there's, oh, that's there's a good idea. Chicago there's, and. There's three teams celebrating their 100th anniversary that year. Is it? The Rangers, Red Wings, and Chicago. Maybe you do a weekend where you get all three of those teams somehow yeah. done. But if you're going to do it in Chicago, you got to do it at Wrigley again, I think. Will the new Bears Stadium be built by then? No. Probably not. No, because it's, it's that. As far as I know, it's supposed to be ready for the 2026 football season. Plus, that's a 
retractable dome. You want to play the indoor. You want to play it outside. Yeah. Well, if it's retractable, you just open it up. Yeah, I think Wrigley is the place to do it again. Especially with all the improvements yes. they made. That was mm-hmm. such a cool thing. Now you got the video boards out there. That's right. going to make it a better experience. <laughs> it's got. <laughs> they had them last time, too. Well, which I learned the hard way when I got my rooftop ticket. Mm. I'm like, wow, what a great view. And then right before the first period starts, they raise these video boards. I'm like. Ah, great. Oh, <laughs> okay, geez, I can see a corner yeah. of one net. But they, they've made so <laughs> many improvements to Wrigley Field. It, it was a great experience the first time. And it's been 14 years since they did that. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like it was just there. Yeah. So, yeah, do it do it there. And, you know, if you want to do an original six thing, you know. It, yeah, it'd be cool to if they did that. Like the, like the Winter Classic was like one game. But then they did like the Stadium Series where it was like Detroit at New York – New York at Chicago, Chicago at Detroit, and then they reversed yeah, it or something, for, something for like that. Teams, yeah. For all those teams doing 100 anniversary years. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Or you want to do something fun, do Blackhawks, Maple Leafs with, you know, their exciting team, two original sixes, Wrigley Field could, at that point, maybe sure. that's a Stanley Cup final preview. You know, you have, could, you could do a lot. Have they had a winter classic? Oh, yeah, they did Boston-Montreal. Yeah. I was going to say, have they had a winter classic with I know US they saved Canada. the Canadian teams for that Heritage Classic, yeah. but... The Heritage Money's Classic Money. is usually like Calgary and Edmonton yeah, and West. Yeah, those those teams, yeah. Vancouver. Uh, well, no, uh, Toronto did the Red Wings at Michigan Stadium. That's true. That one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've been could a do it. bit before. I, I, I think your idea though of using those three teams, uh, you do Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Wrigley, and just make it. And theoretically, at that point, that twenty-five, twenty-six Blackhawks roster should be. Bedard, Korchinski. Competitive. It's a playoff team. Nazar, yeah. Oliver Everything's Moore, going right. It's a playoff Reichel. team. Reichel. Like, those should should be a very exciting Blackhawks team. Should be. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Marketable. Right, let's do one more before we take our first break. All right, here we go. Nothing frustrates me, Big Len, more than having a goal called back because 45 seconds earlier, somebody was half an inch offsides. My proposal is that there can be no offsides challenge if the goal comes 20 seconds after zone entry. Because after that point, it seems clear that the offsides really didn't contribute to the goal. What are your thoughts? I don't think offsides should be reviewed at all. Yeah, I don't like it, period. I think it, that's an on-ice call, and if the ref misses it, he misses it, and it's so be it. It's gotten very... Uh, yeah, very disruptive, very ticky tack. And now you're you're taking plays and you're magnifying it to the millisecond to see if his st- blade was off the ice as the pu- and you still can't even no. tell. Yeah, like right. I'm, I agree. If you're going to do it, no, you even if it's two minutes after zone entry, you you do it, you review it. I don't want it there at all. Yeah. I think replaying hockey should only be for goals. That's it. Sure. If it's high stick, kicked in, if it crossed the goal line, that's it. Not even goalie interference. You either call it on the ice because nobody knows what it is anymore. Right. Nobody knows what goalie interference is. Nobody knows what offsides is anymore. It's the same thing when you started reviewing catches in the NFL. You took a simple play of catching the ball to now it's all convoluted and great. Every frame is he juggling is it? Is he, does he have his pinky under? Nobody knows what a freaking catch is anymore. Yeah. So it's too – replay – in sports is great in theory, but it's terrible in practice. Well, look, I mean, look, if a, if an offsides call is so egregious that it needs a review, it's not going to need a review, right? right. It's, it's where it's like, well, that was a clearly a huge advantage for the team that was offside. 
that should not be a, uh, a you know splitting hairs review. Yeah. Things are gonna the get reason mixed. offside is to stop cherry picking. Yeah, and if it's if it's so close that it needs a review, then it's not it's not offsides enough to matter. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right. no, I, I I agree. I I just I don't know. I look at soccer, international soccer, even MLS. Like they have the the video review where they can see the goal. You know, if the, if the ball goes over the goal line or they can see where the last runner was for offsides and stuff. I mean, can we get some of this modern technology in the NHL if, okay. if we're going to keep the, the rule book the as is? Though, with like, how, soccer, can you, how can you not have the, the blue line is a, is a static blue line. How can you not have something that can monitor that? Yeah. But I think the difference in soccer, it's the player where in hockey, it's the puck. But yeah, I know. But I'm saying like if the puck is is, is crossing the zone. And you're talking about was a skate over the line or not? How do I guess it's just a complaint about technology? How can the NHL, which has a static blue line, not have something that can monitor straight across and say, "Oh, well, this little bit of the skate is still on the line; it's good goal." Like, it, I think that technology could cut down on the time it takes to figure it out and also the accuracy. Right. But you that's also a different like, you could theoretically, if you develop it well enough. To where, if that happens, the system just blows it dead. Like a sure. goes off or something. Or like a little red light or something. But I I, uh, I don't know. I think at some point... We're asking too much of technology like, well, for the well, NHL. Well, I also think like at some point, like part of sports is the human element of it. Almost make bad calls. Take you to, like, I know. I, I, yeah. It's a, it's, I don't know if there's a wrong answer. I think it's a pre- everybody's got their preference. Like... I think living like reviewing tags in baseball and like it, it just slows the game down and they've done a lot of things to speed the game up. I think it's almost too fast at this point in baseball, but I don't know. I think if a, if a playoff side is so cl- is so close that you need to review it, then you should probably just let it go. They yeah, all but. tend to even out yeah. for every time you get a missed offsides call that goes against you. Chances are, in five, ten games, you're going to get one that goes for you. Yeah. At the end of an 82-game season, most of those things even out for all the teams. Definitely. So let it go. I, I think it makes sense to get one more here before the last mailbag okay. from the Discord before we go to break, and that is from Charlie Bacon Guy, favorite oh, Jimmy yes. Buffett song. Oh, God. Uh, Pirate Looks at 40 is my it's favorite. pretty great. It's my favorite. Uh, I got a fun story about that song I went and saw years ago. Saw Jack Johnson, not not the Blackhawks defenseman. The <laughs> how do you know for sure though? It totally wasn't him. Um, the uh, surfer guitar dude. Uh, he was playing uh, Northerly Island. Oh yeah, I remember this. And it was the night before the first ever Jimmy Buffett concert at yep. Wrigley Field, and he came out for the encore and said, "You know, I've been covering this song and encores for years." And tonight, the guy who wrote it's here, he's going to come out and sing with us. So it was Jack Johnson and Jimmy Buffett doing Pirate Looks at 40 together. That's fun. That was cool. But that's, that's always been my favorite it's pretty Jimmy great. Buffett song. Because I can relate to it so much now. As I get older, I'm like, yep, yeah, I get it. I've sprung a few leaks myself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 a, it's a deep cut. I don't know if you guys know this one uh, too well, but uh, Margaritaville is my favorite. Oh, I once yeah. went to a restaurant. I should check that out. I wonder if it's I have the same too. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Pirate Looks at 40 is great. Uh, I saw a video this week of Come Monday where he would put it on Letterman, and Letterman like requested him to do it. Oh, that's cool. And Jimmy Buffett said, "This is the song that stopped me from unaliving myself." Wow. Um, because things were going so poorly for him before that song hit, 
that it kind of turned his life around. But those are two obvious. So I'm going to suggest a kind of a deeper cut too. There's a song called The Wino and I Know. Um, that's one of my favorites. Like it's it's, it's just a classic. And if you are so inclined, like I, I know that uh, once Mario's favorite song became famous, Margaritaville, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett realized like, wait a minute, I got something here and I'm going to make a cottage industry of myself and kind of bless him. became Jimmy Buffett trademark. Yeah, right. And made a fortune and good for him, right? Guy with kids who's been at rock bottom before. Um, completely. Now he's a billionaire. Great. Um, but before that era, he was a wonderful singer, songwriter, folk singer. Bob Dylan called him one of his favorite writers of all time. Paul McCartney wrote like six paragraphs about him uh, this weekend on his Instagram. I have a playlist. It's on Spotify and uh, Apple Music called Old Country Buffett. And it's probably like 20 songs from that era of Jimmy Buffett. I recommend you can just look it up on uh, whatever music app you use. Yeah. And I also tweeted him out after he died. Um, but check him out for like the really classic old Jimmy Buffett stuff that I think anyone who likes singer songwriters and that sort of stuff uh, would love. It's great. Any good friends with Steve Goodman, um, yeah. famous for Go Cubs Go, but wrote a ton of wonderful classic songs that you know by heart that you don't know were by Steve Goodman. Mm. Yep. You don't have to call me, darling. Yep. Um, City of New Orleans. It's probably my favorite. Uh, Lincoln. What's the the Lincoln Park? It's uh, the one about Lincoln towing. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Forget uh, that name. Can they? Yeah. And uh, he's uh, Jimmy Buffett and John Prine are on the cover of a uh, Steve Goodman album. Yeah, that's some yeah. power stuff. I think did Jimmy Buffett do any songs about ducks? Probably. Jimmy duck songs. At well, some point. If he did, <laughs> you want to get your ducks in a row. Because ah. it's the grand reopening of Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake. Flock in September 9th and, sub- and celebrate their Get Ducked event with a D. That's a D. Get Ducked with free prizes and your Skip chance to win $1,000. Who doesn't want $1,000? Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. That's what uh, Russell Crowe drives, I hear. Uh, the grand reopening of Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake is only on September 9th, but the savings last all month long. So find new roads with our friends over at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram and go check them out on September 9th in Fox Lake and win a thousand bucks. Who nice. doesn't want that? And a new car. New car and a thousand bucks. Win a thousand bucks, put it down on a car, drive home happy. Yeah, or take your thousand bucks and apply it to our CHGO specials at Splash Sports. CHGO has a weekly pickaxe. And NFL Survivor Contest for everyone to participate for real money. Here's how you enter. Head to splashsports.com slash chgo. That link is in our description. And sign up. Deposit cash to get started. And it's just $10 to enter either contest. For the CHGO Weekly NFL Pick X Contest, first prize is $2,700. All the way down to 10th prize, who wins $270. And the CHGO Survivor Contest is a $4,500 winner-take-all prize. We'll be running weekly contests all year, so be sure to keep that link handy. And if you want to run your own contest and you're tired of being the commissioner on leagues and chasing people down with none of the reward, you can sign up to be a commissioner right through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with friends and family. Head to splashsports.com slash chgo to join in. We'll have different contests coming out, and we are stoked to compete with and against all of you. Be sure to click our link in the description. Again, that is splashsports.com slash chgo. 
All right. All right. Here Let's we go. Back to the. By the way, we got a bunch of people watching right now. Uh, what we got like ninety some. 91. 91 people, only 42 likes. Smash that like button for us while you're sitting there, please. Yes. Yep. That math Smash it. Up. Yeah, that's not 50% at least. All right, here we go. Any news on open to the public practice for this year? I know they've done in the past. I haven't heard anything. Uh, it will be open to the public. Yes, all Blackhawks practice, unless otherwise noticed, noticed is uh, open to the public. So that includes training camp. Uh, my even the regular season practices at yeah. the fifth third arena are open to the public, uh, not the morning skates at the United Center. So anytime they're at fifth third, unless they tell you stay home, you can come out free of charge. My advice to anybody who wants to come out to uh, any of the training camp practice, be it the prospect uh, practices before they head up to St. Paul or actual training camp, get there early. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of parking at Fifth Third Arena. I know there's an overflow lot across Jackson, but not a lot of space inside yeah. there either. I think they're going to have big crowds this year, at least Probably. for the first few days. Bigger than we've seen since the Stanley Cup days. Yep. Um, so I would say get there early. And uh, please don't sit anywhere that says for media only. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful. That would be nice. Uh, otherwise... Come on out. Come see a training camp practice. We'll be there for all the training camp. Say yep. hello and uh, enjoy some yeah. hockey drills. I wonder if this year you're going to have to uh, – you probably wanted to pay for it, but you might have to reserve a ticket um, kind of the way the Bears do training camp now in Lake Forest where you have to yeah. say you're coming and get a ticket uh, uh, instead of just showing up because yeah, there's going to be a huge demand to go to training camp this year with Bedard. Yeah, I mean, that that could be uh, something that they, that they do, but, I mean – as long as as long as they keep it open and f- open and, and free, uh, yeah, as it has always been, like keep that going. Yeah, I don't think I don't. They may do something like that. I, obviously, the demand between Bears and Blackhawks is different, and the Bears training camp is still during the summer when a lot of kids are still out of school. That's not the case with the Hawks. Yeah. So, you know, I expect in some big crowds will be fun. It, those are always, the, you know, the, the practices are more fun when there's people there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there's gonna be there's gonna be people at every practice this year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be there, fun. There were some last year where it was like just media, uh, and and media who had to be there. Uh, right. This year, it'll I'm sure there'll be more uh, elective media attendance and way more fans at every practice. Yep, it's gonna be and that's it's gonna be fun. It makes it a more fun atmosphere. Blackhawks, uh, they they matter again, so it'll be uh It'll be a good time. Uh, Godfather says, is CHGO Blackhawks doing anything special for opening night? Um, we're going to be in Pittsburgh for Bedard's first game. We're looking into potentially doing a meetup out there mm. uh, that is still being worked on. As for the Chicago opener, we're all going to be at the morning skate, and then the games at night, we're going to have some time to kill. So, yes, I would expect something yeah. to be happening near the United Center on opening day, probably – uh, late afternoon, early evening, before the three of us have to head to the UC for the game. Yep. Um, but I would imagine something in the West Loop um, yep. will definitely be underway yeah. uh, on opening day. So just keep that in your hip pocket yep. for we'll us. Do something. Hopefully we can get something together. We we'll get everybody back at the United Center early for the red carpet, which I'm assuming they're going to do. They've done yeah, that every they, year. Yeah. So get you there early enough so you can see Connor Bedard walk the red carpet before his home debut. Yeah. So, yeah, there's your, your first chance to see Bedardo probably be at training camp. And then we had another qu- uh, question chat from Gravely. 
just saying, uh, talking about, uh, he said he's nervous about Bedard going to play in the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. I get where you're coming from, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, Connor is really, really hell-bent on being one of the guys and not being treated differently. Yeah. And with that in mind, they should not treat him different than any prospect, right? Like, you can't, if you're trying to have him be one of the guys, you can't at the same time say, except he's not going to play because he's more important than you, 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 or you, right? He's this important, and the rest of you are not. You can't really do that, and he wants to play. He wants to get out there and play. I think we have to get out of the mindset of, boy in the bubble he wants to play the dude wants to play mm-hmm. and you gotta let him i think one game is fine i'm not playing him 20 minutes a night against these iowa wild goons and yeah i'm a little concerned about it too but you gotta treat him like any other prospect yep 100 percent there's 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 no way that you can go out there uh and have him be looked at uh, any differently as, as any other player. Because if you say, oh, well, we, we don't want him to get hurt, but, you know, Kevin Korczynski, Nolan Allen, you guys can go out and get hurt. We don't care. Like, it's it's all on the same same playing field. And, yeah, maybe you just, you know, wrap him up a little tighter and some put some bubble wrap under the pads just in case and um, keep him, you know, keep him a little extra protected. But, yeah, I, I don't have any problem with it. Um, and I think the report from Scott Powers and Michael Russo was that he was going to play at least one of the two games. If it's just the one, fine. Like, just let it be the one. Like, he'll, he'll get yeah. out there, he'll play, um, and, uh, and, and that should be that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with the whole sentiment of let, let's not separate him from the team and treat him like everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. That's fine. But the back of my mind is there's going to be some – I you know Minnesota Wild or St. Louis Blue Pudwack that's trying to make the AHL roster. And what better example to show that I'm a tough guy by taking a run at Connor Bedard? But on the flip side of that, they actually have to be able to catch him to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Connor Bedard sure. is a world class player, and good luck actually getting him in a vulnerable position to take a run at him. Yeah, I don't think. Connor's going to put himself in that position. Not he knows that it's an exhibition game. It's not right. a Stanley Cup playoff game. So there's a risk of injury every time he steps on the ice from here on out, even at a practice. So right. I'm not a fan of it, but I get it. So yeah, send him up there, let him play one game, and then the second game he can he can watch. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of chatter going on in the chat about Seth Jones's social media. Um, I do notice that he has made his account private on Instagram. Uh, some folks are saying that he is a little upset about uh, Caleb, and I'm, I have no access to that. Casey Sandahar can see his account for whatever reason. Casey's our social media coordinator. I have asked her to look into it, and she says she doesn't see anything negative. I'm looking here at Ben Pope's uh, latest piece on Seth Jones. He wrote it a couple days ago. Uh, this is August 26th. This was published, and he does express a little bit of frustration about uh, Caleb not re-signing with the Hawks. Uh, Seth says, I'm not sure what the Hurricanes are going to do. They have a lot of D-signed at the moment, but Caleb has a real chance to play off hockey, which is something everybody wants. Me and him had some good chemistry last year, and Chicago just wanted to go a different way and play some of the young defensemen that we have. Uh, ben Pope adds, this certainly isn't the first move Davidson has made that has frustrated Jones. 
the constant losing last season, the first of his massive eight-year deal, wore on him on him more perhaps than anybody. Uh, Jones says our decor is very young, but there's a lot of potential there, and hopefully it doesn't take too long. I'm getting old. It's nothing you can force, obviously. You have to let players develop. Whatever it takes the organization, that's where it takes us. So... I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not reading too much into it. I think we want honesty from our hockey players. We always complain that hockey players are very cliche. So when a guy stresses some frustration about his brother, who had really good chemistry, not being back, I think that's just a guy being honest. So I don't think there's any real red flags there. If there's more we're not seeing, let us know. But, um, I mean, if I was playing well with my brother, I'd be frustrated too. And if I came to Chicago with the – intention of winning and the promise of trying to win and then that plan changed i'd be frustrated too i totally get it but yeah. i don't think there's anything there that makes you think seth jones wants out or anything and by the way if he did i'm sure the hawks would be happy to accommodate that <laughs> dude yeah i i don't think they would if they could if seth jones says i want to be traded to so-and-so team and that team says yeah we'll take on that contract they'll make that trade yeah. as good as seth jones is they will do that um that wasn't a contract Kyle Davidson agreed to, um, but I yeah I don't I don't look in I don't overreact to the social media. Oh my God, they follow they unfollow each other on Instagram. What are we? That happens. All, athletes what are we, do that 13? all the time. I don't know. It's a but, weird thing. But and I could totally get why a public athlete would make his account private. You know, I'm sure. Those guy, those comment sections on anything he posts is just a complete cesspool. Yes, if you were Seth, garbage. think about the comments we get about Seth Jones. Right. Seth Jones gets him times a thousand and worse. So yeah, the the t- the keyboard anonymous tough guys probably put just absolute f- filth and garbage in his comments. I would deactivate my account too. I also think if I understand Instagram correctly, that if you unfollow someone, they can't tag you with them. Because now there's, like, the whole thing where, like, it's Blackhawks and Seth Jones. It's, like, a one mutual right. Instagram thing. And then he'd be exposed to those comments there as well. So that, that probably has it. something to do with it. He's probably tired of having to get read through that nonsense. And I, to- I totally understand that, too. Yeah. Seth Jones is going to have a letter on his sweater this year. So the Bears yeah. should do what Dion did. D for dogs and L for leaders instead of season A's. I didn't see that. Who's a dog on the Blackhawks? Jared Tenorti. He gets a D for dog on his jersey. Sure. <laughs> D for defenseman, so he remembers what position he plays. All right, let's get back to the question. Sorry for that detour there, but it was popping off in the uh, chat. I want to make sure we, we addressed it. All right. Scott Iowa, Scott Iowa, 23. Not sure. What are your thoughts about 13 forward and seven defense dress rosters? Could it work? You could have power play and or shorthanded specialist. That not needed to worry about five-on-five. Also, can the NHL do something similar to the new NFL third quarterback rule? So you're saying change the rule and allow 13 forwards and seven defensemen? That's... It gets a little... Then you're just... So then you're basically signing a specialist, right? So wait, instead of dressing 12 and 6, you dress 13 and and 7? Nah, I don't like that. I mean, and you're... all of them are playing actively, so you'd have one rotating defenseman, one rotating forward. So your thought would be, like, you have Eric Gustafson on the bench, but he only does power play. 
Oh. I think that's actually that's kind of tough because it's tough to do. To just jump off the bench and maybe there's Ice no cold, power. yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no power play to the third period. Yeah, you, you got Yeah, there are, there the are games where teams don't get a power play. Yeah. So happens. that player just dresses and plays what? One shift? Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that would work. I don't think No, I I don't think that would work either. To I mean, the players union would probably love it cuz more guys are playing. Yeah, yeah, more you, contracts you are exp- out there. Expand rosters but, and yeah. all that. Yeah, I mean, I I get because of injury, but you know, injury's been a part of hockey since day one, and lots of teams have had to go and play sometimes with multiple guys out. Yeah, we've seen right. it. It's 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 part of the game. So, uh, and I'm not sure what the new third. I don't know what the new third quarterback rule is. is. Joey, you have any idea? Uh, yeah, so the third NFL quarterback rule is that a team can field like a backup emergency quarterback on game days, a third one, not against their 40-whatever game oh, day So roster. it's a 54-man so roster, it's basi- basically? Yeah, it's basically having like yeah. an emergency quarterback. Yeah, and I think they he- can't have one if they already have three on their roster, but if they only have two, they can have an emergency backup. Right. So gotcha. It's kind of like the e-bug. Okay. Cool. Yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would work for the NHL, though. Yeah, I just feel like you got to get in a rhythm of a game. Yeah, because like, like having an injury replacement, I you know I understand people wanting that, but you take warm ups with the team, and then you go sit in the locker room, and then what if what if a guy doesn't get hurt to like seven minutes left in the game? So you're gonna sit in the locker room for two and a half hours and then go take a shift. You're gonna get hurt. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just not safe for that guy coming in as a replacement. You could have one of those extra players just be like an enforcer. And, oh, someone needs to go, go fight. Yeah, go yeah. go go fight that guy. Go get him. Future yeah. Blackhawks announcer John Scott. <laughs> yeah. We didn't mention that. If you missed it, I yeah. tweeted it this weekend. We were actually tipped off by a, a listener, which we appreciate. Uh, on his latest podcast, John Scott revealed, and he said, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this yet, but it's been signed that <laughs> he is the new Scott Darling. He is the new pre- and post-game TV analyst for the Hawks. He did not say how often that would be happening or if it's for all 82 games or if it's a part-time thing, but... Uh, well, it wouldn't be 82 because there's 13 national games, but you know what I mean. If it's a full time or not. He also said his wife is pissed about it. Wonderful. So throw her under the bus <laughs> on your podcast, John. I like John Scott the guy, and I think it'd be fun to have him around because he's a really good dude. He's a nice guy. Yeah. His hockey opinions, eh, they, they're kind of bad at times. Now, I don't know if he's means it or if he's a shtick. He's just trying to get clicks. Sometimes I get the idea that he is trying to uh, generate conversation. Yeah. And he's not saying what he believes. And I hope, which is fine. It's his own podcast. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. Make headlines how you need to. But I would hope that that does not become part of his Blackhawks analysis. Right. That's that's, uh, the thing that that I worry about a bit because... John Scott is the one who said he wouldn't take Connor McDavid to put on his playoff roster. Well, then he would lose a lot of playoff. Games. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, I I can commend the Blackhawks for trying to spice things up, change things up on their pre and post game show, um, knowing that there's going to be more eyes on it, and knowing kind of how last year uh, there were some some elements of the broadcast that were left to uh you know be wanting more from but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what john scott brings to uh the table as a pre and post game role um count me as 
skeptical. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of analysis he's going to bring. But I, I think he'd be a little more natural at it than Scott Darling was. Yeah. I mean, Scott Darling never really got comfortable. Yeah. And then it didn't hurt. It didn't help that he had some bad takes during the course of the season, too. Sure. Uh, but we all have bad. We I've, all have. I've made plenty of bad takes. I've probably made two or three on this show already. But, <laughs> you know, to I say, uh, not you, um, but, you know, to say on a broadcast that, like, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is the closest thing to Nicholas Jarmelson. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> Never will be. But we all we all say bad things. Um, but yeah, I don't I know. Just encourage the Hawks this too, or NBC, because I texted to get confirmation. And said oh, it's probably more of an NBC thing. It doesn't have to be a former Hawk. No. If no. there's a really good former player analyst, bring him in. It does not have to be someone that played for the Blackhawks. Does it help? Sure. Mm-hmm. But if you bring in someone who's really great, do it. Yeah. Did Darren Pang ever play for the Blues? No. 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 Worked out for him and them yeah. for a long time. Yeah. If, you're, if you have the talent, it'll overcome any kind of connection that you need to make with the fan base or whatever. Like, if you're talented enough, it'll, it'll shine through. Yeah. J- Jim Deshays, who does an amazing job for the Cubs, never played for the never Cubs. Never a Cub. Right. You can do it. I mean, it, sure, it helps, but, you know – with everything that's going on in in the the RSN world and the uncertainties, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it's tough to to fill those voids because there's budget issues. So, and as the Blackhawks get better, more people will be calling them to get yeah, those jobs think. than the other way around. You would think you know, so. As, as in the next couple of years, you would think it wouldn't be as hard to fill studio analyst roles as it's been the last couple of years. Yeah. And if you're worried about it that much, there is a place where you can watch 82 post-game shows this year. Yep. Right, right here. That's right. Yep. If you want bad Blackhawk takes, we got them <laughs> yeah. for you. 80 t- you 82 covered. times Times three. Got you yes. covered. Exactly. All, All right. right, Joseph. Yep. We'll keep it with the broadcast theme here. Oh, he gave me a look when I called him Joseph. Ooh. No, okay, call me whatever you want. Do, do the <laughs> assistant coach interviews <laughs> at the end of the second intermission add anything of value? They always say the same thing. We got to keep playing our game, get pucks in deep. I, I understand. And this is not just hockey. It's for it's, all, yeah, that's every sport. all yeah. in-game yeah, interviews. I, I understand why they do it. You, I, you will never get anything uh, of value from it unless the coach says something uh, – is going to be negative. Like you're never you're never going to get like oh wow I didn't I didn't even think about that. What great insight, thank you, coach. It's always just going to be either the coach blowing blowing off the reporter, or you're going to get you know Nick Saban being a dick to somebody or Brian like, Kelly saying what's like that? Brian yeah Brian I'm Kelly sorry. being a the fraud Brian Kelly yeah I got to give him his full name you know it, it's so yeah if you if you want to interview Derek King. Uh, going into the third period about, you know, hey, like, what do you guys got to do to hold on to this 3-2 lead going into the third period? Oh, he's got to play safe. Uh, you know, got yeah. to stick to what, we're, what got us here and, you know, keep, uh, keep ourselves out of the penalty box. Thanks, Coach. I think sometimes, too, the, the, the question matters. It does, um, sure. But it is also a very tricky, like, you know they're not going to give state secrets. You don't want to give an open-ended question all the time. But, hey, I, to me, it's just, like, thoughts on the game so far. Right. You know, or what can you do better? Then at least you get something specific. You might, yeah. You know? 
I don't know. Yeah, it's, don't know. The, it's, it's a tough spot for both parties because yeah. the coach doesn't want to give anything away. They feel like they're protecting state secrets, and the reporter doesn't want to piss anybody off, so it's kind of because it's always a rights holder, and that's right, a different yeah, thing too. Yeah. It, yeah. The in-game interviews with any player, coach, in any sport are dumb. At least it's at the end of the second period. I don't like when it's like, you know, big NBA fourth quarter starting and they've got the coach, like, during, during play, like, interviewing him. He's, I don't want to be here. Yeah. See crucial right. possessions well, going on right alone. now. They do, that for, they do that for some of the playoff games. They'll interview the head coach, like, in the middle of the period. That's my pet peeve. Yeah, I don't. They Stop. Got, they, Let him coach. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they got a job to do. And they're not going to tell you anything that if you watched the game up to that point that you wouldn't already know. You wouldn't have already known, yeah. All right. right. How many more we got? We've got one, two, three, four, five. Five left? Five more? more? All right, let's let's try to rifle through these. All right, here we go. Three-part question. question. Who's your (laughs) all-time best slash favorite Hawk from Finland? Uh, That's a setup. Who's your all-time best favorite player from Finland in general? And who's your best favorite player from Finland right now? I'm going to go on a limb and say Bruce Koff is from Finland. Maybe. I'm going to yeah. guess so. Or, or he's just fishing for Jay to talk about Tuomo Rutu for the last 10 minutes of the show. It is Rutu, it is Solane, it is uh, Sebastian Ajo. Those are my, that is the answer to my three questions. Favorite Finnish hawk is Rutu. Favorite Finn of all time, not a hawk, is Solane. And favorite current Finn is Sebastian Ajo. Uh, can, can my answer be, can I have one guy for two answers? Sure. All right. Tavo for current and Blackhawk. And, uh, yeah, I would say I would agree Solani is probably all time. Yeah. Uh, Tavo is my favorite Blackhawk Finnish player just because, oh, what could have been. Um, all time Timo Solani. I mean, he's the best ever from the country. There's no doubt about that. And uh, my current favorite Finn is uh, Miko Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. yeah that's I've, a good pick. I've... Yeah, a lot his, of, I'm his biggest fan in Chicago. A lot of very good uh, Finnish players to uh, to choose from. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. All right, you want to do a couple more before the ad break, or you want to? Yeah, we can. We All can right, do that. We can we'll do it. One more. We'll keep pushing forward here. From Not Hawk Harrelson, how has your hockey fandom changed since you started covering the Blackhawks slash the NHL as your job? Uh, I would say. My fandom has, I would say it has changed in that I've, in, I've internalized a lot more of it um, because I'm not at home watching games, uh, yelling at my TV. Um, we're, we're here watching games, yelling, a little yelling, bit yelling at the TV. Yeah. Uh, we're here watching games watching it a little bit more analytically we're at the we're at the united center where you can't cheer um and then you know we're we're in the locker rooms we're we're at practices it's a lot more uh intense in in the you know analytical side of things um not like fancy stats but just kind of like not just being a fan uh of you know the final score you know and fan of the players it's you know, looking at what the organization is doing, looking at what players uh, are are doing, getting trying to getting trying to get to know players a little bit more off of the ice um, than just what you see on the ice. And so I think it's definitely evolved. But I'm 
just as big, if not a bigger Blackhawks fan now than I was when I was just quote unquote a fan. Yeah, I would say like I don't live and die with outcomes of games anymore. Um, that may change when we're covering playoff hockey here in a, sure. hopefully in a couple of yeah, years yeah, where yeah. it's like, oh, crap, the season's over. I got no more games to go to now, you know. Um, <laughs> but you definitely – and, like, my hatred for other teams, except for a couple, uh, has waned down a lot too because yeah. my years within the AHL and now, you know, entering our third season here in the NHL, you – you get to see more of the human aspect of professional sports. Yes. And you realize that, like, every team in every sport, they're all trying to do the same thing, um, unless you're the White Sox um, or the Bulls. <laughs> um, just kidding. You're, they're all trying to accomplish the same goal, and you've got really good people that play and work for all these teams. Because when you're there for practice, you're there before games, after games, you see the army of people that it takes yeah. To make a game happen. Yeah. There's so much behind the scenes stuff that goes on that you never see on the ice or on the field or on the court. And you so you respect every team more because of all the work that gets put in behind the scene just to get a player in a uniform. Right. So like my my hatred for other teams kind of uh dwindles a little bit and and in the end you know, you know, it's just you, you see more of the day-to-day. You see more of, like, the business-like aspect that the players take to it. We get so excited for a game and as fans, you know, oh, my God, first game of the year, so excited. They're just like, that's one of 82. Yeah. yeah. Like, we just got to go out there, do what we do, and we got to do it 81 more times. So it's definitely a, a more business-like attitude when you're behind the curtain as you are when you're sitting in the stands. Yeah, I think also, like, behind the curtain, it, it – like seeing how the sausage is made a little bit can make you realize that, like you've said, Greg, like these are just dudes doing a job. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you ever see Fever Pitch with uh, Jimmy Fallon and Drew no. Barrymore? I did at one point in my life, but I don't they, remember. They, so they, if Jimmy Fallon's freaking, in your movie, I'm not they're watching. Freaking, <laughs> I actually like Fever Pitch. But they're freaking out because the Red Sox lost and they're these crazy meatball fans. And they're out at like a restaurant. And they just see like Johnny Damon and Jason Veritek are – there's like out to dinner and they're like here we are like killing ourselves because his team lost and these guys are out here enjoying a dinner it's like yeah it's just it's yeah. just a job like they're they're just it's their career and like I, i've lost a lot of that meatball element which is why i can't muster any anger for <laughs> patrick kane going to detroit right, because right. it's the opportunity being presented to patrick kane that might make the most sense for him right right so how can i be mad at that it's just i i, I think that's a big part of it and also just the way I think about players has changed too because I think Boris Kachuk is a really good example of a guy who last year was visibly fighting it. And we saw him every practice yeah. working hard and failing and working hard and failing. And you might just watch a game as a fan, and I used to do this and be like, he sucks. He <laughs> yeah. just sucks, right? There's a, so much more to it than that. And when you see these guys working through it and struggling and not getting rewarded and then eventually getting rewarded, being able to see that kind of play out in front of us has changed the way I think about not just the Hawks, but like just sports in general. Because you don't know what a guy's got going on in his life. Maybe his kid is sick or his wife's, you know, got sick family or 
there's a travel issue. Like there's so many things yeah. that, are, that these are human beings. And I think that's a bit, I think that's probably the main thing is seeing the reality of these are just people doing a job mm-hmm. and it's a great job and we'd all love to have it. And it's a privilege to have the job they have for sure. But like we were talking with Seth Jones, it also comes with its downsides. And you yeah. think about the emotional toll it takes that every time Seth Jones touches a puck, he hears it from some asshole in the stands. Jones, you suck. You overpaid bum. Right. Like, okay. Taking that as part of the job. But that's a person. That's a dude. That's someone's son. That's someone's brother. Yep. That's someone's father. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that access has kind of really changed the way I look at just sports in general. I think we're going to get into this a little more this week, too. Jeff Perlman had a tweet about, um, like, this is journalism and defining it. You know, you cannot root for a team. And I think that there's some really interesting conversation we can kind of spring from that tweet. Uh, love Jeff Perlman. Great writer. Um, good insight. Old school journalist. So I think there's some conversation to be had there because as we are proving here at CHGO, the media landscape is changing mm-hmm. and the way things are covered is changing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to have that conversation. If you'll allow me 10 minutes at some point. Mm. This hey, week. we got we got five shows. We can do that. Yeah. Let's do it. We, we have four, time. actually. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it is time. Baseball is still here, folks. Uh, time <laughs> to get fitted out in the best sports gear you can. Look good at a Cubs game or a Sox game. Still hot right now. Very hot right now. Get your tank tops, your Aloha shirts, your straw hats. But you know very, very soon that weather is going to start to get cold, and you're going to want the hoodies, the toques, the 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 uh, uggs all that sort of stuff all of that can be bought at foco.com including all the cool stuff you see on our set the bobbleheads the uh signs everything in between check them out foco.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off at foco.com yes and even though the calendar now says september it definitely doesn't feel like september out there summer is still here and you can take on that big evil sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather we are currently experiencing with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. I say even better. Their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for all your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacement. What does that mean? Well, it means if you lose or break your pair, even on the very first day, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because no matter what you do, they have your back long after you purchase. You're going to look good in your Shady Rays and you're going to feel great. Because together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. They're doing everything from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but trust me, you're going to. They're fantastic. But just in case you don't, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop. And speaking of shopping, exclusively for our listeners only, our lovely, intelligent, handsome, and beautiful CHGO listeners. And the dumb, ugly ones. They can get in this deal, too. They might actually need some sunglasses. (laughs) Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off all orders of two or more of their awesome shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. 
you know what can help those less than good looking CHGO fans beer look goggles. a little better? <laughs> beer goggles. <laughs> beer goggles provided by Goose so, Island Beer. Me well in college. <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> beer days. since 1988 and the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. And while we're dealing with some hot weather, it will eventually cool off and fall will be here, which means it's Oktoberfest season. No better Oktoberfest-style beer than the one Goose Island provides. So keep an eye on that as it is uh, going to hit the shelves pretty soon. Of course, you got the Beer Hug family of beers, the uh, Imperial Dry Hopped IPAs that are 9.9 ABV, dangerously easy to drink. Also, you got the Full Pocket Pills, the Everyday Beer. It's what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. And, of course, you have the staple of Goose Island's beer roster. They're 312, the golden cans of their wheat ale, which is always in season. You can grab all of these ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers and more at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Yeah, not Lincoln Pork. I love Lincoln Pork. Bring it on. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right, we got a few questions left. We're going to save them for tomorrow. Uh, we'll do some leftovers on Wednesday. They're still good. Throw them in the fridge. They'll yeah. last for a while. You'll be fine with those leftover questions. We appreciate everybody getting them out to us. Uh, but i got a lot of stuff to get to this week. With, with Rank Week last week, there were some news items we wanted to definitely spend some time on, uh, and we will. Tomorrow is typically our Around the League show. A lot of things got pushed. Yeah, we pushed a lot of things. So yeah. we'll be doing some pushing this week. Uh, but make sure you're with us every day at 2 o'clock this week. And man, we are getting pushing out a lot of stuff this week. Really close, really close. So close. Actual hockey. So close. The closest we've been all summer. This is yeah. This is the closest to hockey we've been since yesterday. Yes. Tomorrow will be even closer. Oh, can't wait. Closer. Can't wait. All right. Thanks to Joey for running the show. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow with two. Make sure you smash that like button on the way out for us, and tell a friend about us as hockey ramps up. They'll be looking for Hawks coverage. They're not going to find better than here, probably. And if you're going to Pearl Jam tonight, look for Greg. I'll be there. Greg is hard to spot. Yes. I don't (laughs) stick out in crowds at all. Not at all. Uh, All right. Enjoy the show if you're going. Greg, enjoy the show. And check out that Hawks poster they got there. It's pretty sweet. Oh, it looks so nice. Yeah. So I have a quick question. Are they going to have a different one for Thursday? Probably. Yeah. Damn. Okay, because I'm going to Thursday, but I want the Blackhawks one. So I got Drive by that merch shop today, man. Maybe you can still get one. Yeah, maybe. On the way back. And if you do, grab me one and I'll pay you. Okay. I got your Venmo. All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 2 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.